Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode. Today, we have a fun episode, I think. Claire doesn't really know what to expect. (laughs) Going in blind here. I love (laughs) it. We're going to try it. So I have a big list of stuff, and we are going to talk about whether it's worth it. We think it's worth it or not. And it's going to start off pretty easy with like lower commit things. Maybe we're talking about just the investment. Do we think the investment is worth it or not in our profession as an SLP? And then we're going to move to maybe it's both like a financial and commitment obligation and start to talk about those things. And we might not have the answers at all, or we might, but let's let's start. So our first section is going to be different materials. So do you think something like paying for the Biorum cards or an expensive <laughs> workbook is worth it? Biorum cards? Yes. Yes. hundred percent. And I know they're expensive, um, but I will say I use them pretty much every day. Um, I think that they put such a different feel on not just apraxia of speech, but also, uh, our tick. Like I do, I use it with my tick kids too. I don't mm-hmm. know about you, Rachel, but I don't think it just has to be for CAS kids. For sure. And sidebar on this, they're coming out with so many more products. Well, right. Right. Yeah. I just saw the most amazing. It's like a digital companion. I think it's like a $5 digital download yeah. and they pair with the sounds in their worksheets that can be sent home amazing. and just super cool. So I think yeah. as far as an investment on a product like that, yeah. I do think it's worth it. Yeah. Um, If we're thinking like an expensive workbook, um, I'm trying to think like that really thick a Weber jumbo Arctic. I think if you're in the right setting and that's something yeah. you're going to use frequently, I feel like, yes, that's worth it. Yeah. I feel like I totally agree. I think it depends on the setting. Um, I will say like, I, I used to use those books a lot and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm finding more and more now with like lesson picks. I mm-hmm. think that might be on your list. Sorry. Um, but I feel like with, with having something like that, where I can make my own words, I'm using that more often because it's more functional. Sometimes I find the Weber books, like they don't have as functional of words as I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it just depends. I think they're good starter books, especially as you're starting in like from scratch, like if you have no materials, um, or RSCF and just like mm-hmm. need something quick, but as, I think as you start to mature as an SLP, like you may start to build your own materials and then use your own materials. Um, So yeah, I think it just depends. Okay. The next thing we're going to talk about are different subscriptions. So something (laughs) like the Speech Tree Co. I don't know if you follow them on Instagram, but they have, they make like the little minis. Oh, that's right. Um, You've talked about those before. yeah, Yeah. So a subscription to that or a subscription for lesson picks or board maker or something like that. Do you think that's an investment that's worth it or not? Again, I think it depends. Lesson picks. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just use it a lot, but I mm-hmm. think like something like that, you only need one of, like you don't need lesson picks and true. board maker, right? Very true. If you have both, 
I think you would find that you wouldn't use one of them. Mm-hmm. So I think you kind of need to maybe trial a couple and find what's your favorite. Yeah. Um, I don't have that speech tree c- subscription though. What? Okay. So I had it. Yeah. Um, and this is what I was going to say is I do think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. However, for something like that, I mm-hmm. feel like SLPs as a whole start to get like bogged down with materials. Yeah. So it's not something that you're always needing. Mm -hmm. Um, I absolutely loved it in the beginning. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go to their Instagram. They're amazing, beautiful products. I do love them. Um, They come with a gift. Great gift. They they also come with a huge, I'm talking like 50 or 60 page digital download that go with each of the sets. I do think that's worth it. I don't know about long term because then you just um, like accumulate a lot. Totally. If that makes sense. I don't know what other, I was trying as you were talking to think of other subscriptions that are out there but I don't totally know of any mm-hmm. other ones. I yeah. know there's been some like box, like I, and I can't think of names off the top of my head, but oh, like the things, speech cube, the or... speech cube. Yes. Yeah. Which again, similarly, I did that for a little while also. And mm-hmm. we, cause we partnered with them for a little yeah. while. Um, and they're amazing too, but I agree is there, there comes a point where you've got enough mm-hmm. materials and you need, you might need to take a break because you start just getting too yeah. much. Um, but yeah, I think all of those companies are running a really, really good yeah. business. And I like the ones that offer, like, say they come out with a theme that you love, yeah. like pets. I love yeah, that yeah. you can purchase just that yep. and put your other stuff like on hold or however they Chatter manage Chatter boxes. Remember when Kaylee used oh, to yeah. do boxes? Does she still do those? She, I don't think she does anymore. No, but those were really cool. She did those, those during great. COVID. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. like during COVID. Um, She's awesome. She's on Instagram too. That's how we met her. But those chatter boxes were really good. It was like early intervention type, mm-hmm. um, like activity boxes, which were really cool. Okay. The next would be either like an online membership to mm-hmm. like speechpathology.com for CEUs, mm-hmm. something like SLP toolkit, those kind of memberships where you get, um, access to yeah. other things. Do you think that is worth it? I think it's similar to like the lesson picks and board maker thing. Like you need to pick one mm-hmm. because if you do all of it, you're going to feel like you're spending all your money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. Yes. Like if you find one that you really like, um, like I'm on Med- MedBridge, for example, like that's mm-hmm. the one I have. Um, granted, I'm biased because I did mm-hmm. a presentation for them, but like I, that's just the one I've kept up with and that's where I get my CEU courses on and I, I love it. But then I know that there are other avenues too, that have really great courses. So I think it depends on which one you've decided on Mm -hmm. all of those have really great courses and really great presenters. They all Mm -hmm. like, I know Yaros is on MedBridge, but I think Reeves is on speech therapy PD. So Mm -hmm. like it just in my world, like that would be a reason to get both if you wanted. Um, but yeah, I think it just depends. Okay. So going off of that, yeah. um, conferences can be kind of pricey mm-hmm. to attend when yeah. you add in like, right. True. If it's a two or three day conference, the registration fees, if you have yeah. to travel there, hotel is something like that worth it. That's hard for me because yeah. I, I don't want to bash like state conferences. I right. really don't. Um, 
But I think I prefer to have a CEU membership, like an online mm-hmm. CEU membership, rather than go to the conference. And that's totally just in my that. own experiences. Yeah, yeah. But I do know that some states require live hours. Mine mm-hmm. does not. Does Michigan? No. Require? No. So like, I know that some people would probably choose to do a conference because they need live hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I prefer the yeah. subscription courses. So I will say the subscription ones convenience number one Mm -hmm. I can do it from my bed I can do Mm -hmm. it at two in the morning or Mm -hmm. I can do it at 4 p.m right I think attending a conference is nice if you're if you're interested in doing some networking some touching base with people that you know are going to be there Mm -hmm. and I think they're nice if a specific um speaker or presenter is going to be there for example at the same conference I got to network with um Tara Sumter, who we had on, and Dr. Scott Yaros, like that, worth it. So I think that's where, so like ASHA is probably worth it because everyone's at ASHA, but that's something that I feel like takes a little bit more thought. Yeah, the networking piece, you're right, is a huge thing that you would miss out on if you don't go to conferences. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, if you haven't been to a conference, you should. I think I got a lot out of conferences as a like younger Mm -hmm. SLP, like in my first five years or so. Um, because right. I didn't know anyone and I didn't like know the big names and whatever. Um, but now, yeah, like you said, I just feel too busy a little Mm -hmm. bit to do that, but, um, the whole networking piece is, is a huge pro of conferences for sure. Yeah. Okay. Moving on from that. Um, obviously our ASHA membership isn't like, a something we can decide on. So we're not going to talk about that, but do you think something like a SIG membership is worth mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. or belonging to your state organization? Or I even have a, I don't know if you do, but we have a County organization too. Oh, nice. So we have oh. our, whatever County yeah. speech language hearing association. Do you think cool. those couple different options are worth it? I think it depends on what you get out of it. So like, Mm -hmm. I think the SIGs are great because I think that online forum and the, I know our SIG, I'm only in the fluency disorders one, but they offer, um, they, you don't get CEUs for it, but they offer like talks Mm -hmm. and speakers and stuff that are pertinent to what I'm seeing and like what I'm specializing in. So I think it's definitely, like, I love it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really helped me network too, from that piece. So I would say if, especially if you are kind of putting yourself in a specialty area, even if you're not specializing, specializing in it, but if you have a special interest, absolutely, because you're going to meet people that also have those special interests and probably teach you a ton that you're not going to just find by Googling or like, you know, in the books and stuff, like it's just way more accessible. Um, yeah, I think the SIG groups are great. It's an awesome resource and it's 45 bucks a year, which is really not that expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes to SIGs. I just blanked. What was the other one? The other one was like belonging to your state organization. Oh, right. State organization. I don't belong to my state organization. Neither do I. And I probably should. I know, but I, and this is what I was going to say. I need to know more about it. Yeah. I need to know what I would get out of it. Honestly, Mm -hmm. like what, what do they provide as a benefit to being in the state organization? Yeah, Um, for sure. Because yes, I think that's what it comes down to. Like if there are, I mean, I don't need to get physical things, but like if they're yeah. going to offer some courses or if they're going to offer a discount to the conference or whatever mm-hmm. it is, maybe, yeah. um, I don't think I was even a part of Ohio's when I lived in Ohio, 
um yeah if I, I don't know yeah Maybe that's a bad thing that's it no I think it's just a question mark for yeah. me right now because yeah. I don't know enough what about your county that's cool that your county has one okay so have- my county one has one I don't yeah. belong to it however they host I'm trying to think they host like a fall and a winter um series of conferences so I think it's like two or three days in a row yeah and you can sign up for I think it's like a two or three hour CEU in the morning or afternoon of each day they do have some pretty big names like Tara Sumter was at Mm -hmm. the one in the fall I wish I had seen it sooner because I didn't know (laughs) um but I agree with not knowing what else they can offer you beyond that yeah. And if you're paying a fee, like your art, like you said, we already have to pay our ASHA fees. Like that's non-negotiable and you're already paying your state fee, like, and your school fees, whatever fees you have to pay. It's just yeah. an extra thing. So yes, I would, I would need to make sure it was bettering me, you know, for sure. Okay. The next one is, okay. So paying or the fees associated with becoming certified in something mm-hmm. so like taking the feed the peds course mm-hmm. and you're certified in that or um oh god whatever else LSAT. you know <laughs> yes I was gonna say just pick one of the so, ones that you are yeah here's my here's my personal experience I let's let's just pick LSVT I got certified in that because there was a time when I had like an influx of Parkinson's patients and so I mm-hmm. was like okay I, I need to get certified in this. And I was really lucky my clinic paid for it. So it it was, it was great. Like I, I got lucky in that. Um, now I have no Parkinson's patients. Like I've discharged them for whatever reason. And then some of them have gotten sick. Like I, I just, I just mm-hmm. don't have any right now. Um, so the amount that it is for how caseloads fluctuate, because you can't ever, you can't ever, um, tell or anticipate how many patients of that specific disorder area you're going to have, especially if you're in a generalist setting. Um, I think it's, it would be really hard to pay that out of pocket if I had had to pay that just me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to be in the middle with it. I I would say if you have help for something like that, and I think it depends on how much it is like LSVT was extremely expensive. Um, like extremely expensive. I do think it's great. It's a great system. Like you get a lot of support with it, but again, it's hard when you don't know how many patients you're going to have. Um, and like right now I'm in a lull. So I almost feel like I'm being a little wasteful Mm -hmm. with it because I just don't have anybody. Um, so I don't know. I think you'd really have to position yourself in the setting or practice or the population Mm -hmm. to, like that, if, at least for me, if I'm going to pay, you know, X amount of whatever to be yeah. certified in this thing, I think yeah. that is what my niche will now be. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Totally. I think you need to like, and then you need to brand yourself with that. Um, and I think that's, what's hard with something like LSVT, for example, is like, it's the best that, that type of practice is the best practice for people with Parkinson's. So then when somebody with Parkinson's comes and I'm not LSV certified, mm-hmm. LSVT certified, do I not see them? I think that's yeah. where I did. It didn't sit right with me. Right. Yeah. So like, I do wish it was a little bit more accessible mm-hmm. uh, so that people felt confident treating those types of lower incidence disorder areas. Same thing For with sure. stuttering, you know, like it, yeah. I wish that kind of stuff was a little more accessible and less expensive. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We're going to shift from it being worth it or not 
specifically tied to financial. And now we're going to talk about the time. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's worth it to start creating resources and selling on Teachers Pay Teachers or, you know, whatever site or your own website or whatever? Do you think that's something that is worth it? So I do actually, even though I, and I'm an example of someone who has not really made much money off of my content. Like my, I have like four or five things up there on TPT and they're like a dollar a piece. So I really Mm -hmm. have not made a profit. However, I made them anyway. And Mm -hmm. then I just like put them up there. So it's almost like, why wouldn't you do it? Mm -hmm. Um, And for TPT, there is a, um, like a fee for if you want to collect your money or what there's like that fee for being a seller, Mm -hmm. but it's not very much. And like, as long as you're selling stuff, it, you break even. So again, I almost feel like if you're making your own content anyway, Mm -hmm. you might as well, cause it's super easy. So there's, ah, there's a term for it that I just cannot think of and it'll take me too long to Google, but (laughs) there's a term for like creating it. And once you've created it, like all of that work is done. So yeah. once you put it up. Passive income. Passive income. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was right on the tip yeah. of the time. Um, <laughs> exactly so though. I yeah. think it's worth it in the passive income mm-hmm. yes. realm. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how people make like livings off of it, though I know that people do. I know. There are people who like just do TPT or like mm-hmm. virtual content, whatever, which that's incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would do the extra work to do that kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. if you're, again, why not? The passive income stuff is really nice. Yeah. Um, Okay. The time that it takes to start something new still related to your field. So I'm thinking a private practice, a speech Instagram, a podcast, Mm -hmm. uh, something worth it or not. Yeah. I say a hundred percent. hundred percent. If you have the motivation and the drive to do so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it is an extra time piece. However, I don't know, like the private practice piece has just been like, I feel like it's enriched my experience as an SLP so much than if I had just my full-time job. Like Mm -hmm. I love my job, but Mm -hmm. I also feel like being able to work for myself and provide like education and content for myself is Mm -hmm. so nice. Mm -hmm. So nice. And then the thing that I like about that is, um, I make the rules. I get yes, to decide totally. what types of clients I take. I get right. to set my schedule, right? All that. And you don't great. have to do it full time. I feel like that's what some people think with private practice is you have to like make it your full-time gig and maybe someday, maybe, mm-hmm. but like, I don't think, I mean, again, both Rachel and I have been doing it part-time for four years. Like you can also do it that way. Yeah, so. for sure. Okay. Two more sections. And Claire, for this next one, I need you to take yourself out of your current job. Oh God. Okay. And think <laughs> okay. the time spent supervising a grad student in a placement or supervising a CF mm. worth it or not. I feel like I can't, you should do this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, so, well, it's hard because I didn't really mm-hmm. like, I did supervise I supervised once and then like once in COVID. So I feel like what I did okay. outside of under, outside of the graduate clinic mm-hmm. didn't a hundred percent count. Okay. Um, no, that's totally fair. So I personally do think it's worth it. I think it's a really good experience. I think it's good to, right? Like take that grad student like under your wing and show yeah. them like, this is how you do things and really help them to establish what the job actually looks like. 
Um, I think, yes, that's super helpful. I think it's a lot harder in the beginning. Yeah. And I mean, both the beginning of like you starting out ever doing it and also the beginning of every semester, because there's a yeah. lot more work on you as the licensed SLP, um, as on your responsibilities and duties and Cause you're just not only doing all of your regular work, but then you're like turning and explaining all of your regular work that you do. Yeah. And I think it's a lot in the beginning, but then it also lessens the load a little bit and then gradually more and more and more yeah. throughout the semester. Yeah. And I think it's also very rewarding. Yes. Um, I have had grad students that have had a very difficult time and that takes a lot more work. Yeah, I have not. I've only supervised once for a CF and it was um, actually someone that was working with my private practice. So I haven't done that in the true like supervised all of their hours, signed right. off, held the meeting. So I can't really speak to that. But I do think as a whole, yes, it is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. I I think it's interesting, like the CF experience is interesting from a supervisor perspective, <clears throat> and I've never done mm -hmm. that either, but just from being a CF, like, I feel like I didn't have a ton of hands-on experience from my CF yeah. supervisor, yeah. which like, I think is kind of the norm, mm -hmm. but it's also a little like, like maybe there should be a more, I don't know, maybe that's how it should be. Or maybe there should be more of like something in place for what your CF supervisor should do. Cause I just kind of felt like it was like, yeah, I also whatever. feel like I don't know. if you're an SLP and you're listening to this and you're like, I had an amazing CF supervisor. Sorry. Yeah. I'm being so serious. Right. DM us and come on our podcast because Please. I feel like the narrative is mm -hmm. CF supervisors are super hands off. You yeah. feel like you're drowning. You need yep. all this help. And that's the story I hear over and over yeah. again. I also wonder if it's for when you're in a CF in the schools. True. Because you True. are at your own school. Like we were both yeah. at our own school, yeah. right? So our supervisor was at a different school. So maybe if you're in a hospital, it's just, I know that majority do get their CF in a school because that's easier to come by. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I just have one more thing. One is becoming board certified in an oh. area, which Claire, you can speak Bye. to that. And the very last thing is becoming an SLP worth it or not. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> board certification. I also think it depends on what you're going to be certified for. And also kind of like Rachel was saying before, if that's going to be like your brand or your niche, like mm -hmm. for me, it's worth it because that is what I want, like my brand to be like, I want to see, I consider myself a generalist still, but like from my, my from my private practice, I only see stuttering. Well, I see mostly stuttering clients. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say that that's like what I'm going towards is just seeing stuttering clients maybe at some point, um, but I don't know. I think if you, it's hard because with board certification, if you only, like if you're in the schools and you only have a couple kids on your caseload with whatever, mm -hmm. it might not feel as worth it because it's yeah. only for a couple. And like I was saying with Parkinson's, like you don't know how many you're going to have on your caseload next year. So I think unless you're branding yourself with that specific area and specialty. Yeah then yeah, it's probably not, but yeah. And then the last was becoming an SLP. Oh, yeah. The first oh, thing gosh. I want to say is of course, totally worth it. I do think 
there can be like this negative energy or feel when people are like, you don't make any money and you're always stressed out and there's always what I will say this. Every single job has its downfalls, I would imagine. I cannot imagine any job is 100% perfect. If it is, DM us and tell us. Um, <laughs> but I think it's 100% what you make it. I feel like the great thing is our field is so huge. You can change your setting until you find what you're passionate about. And I really do think it is such a rewarding profession and such a like happy, happy profession. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, we as SLP, like even just being on this podcast and having the experiences we have with our guest speakers and, or with our guests that we have on the podcast, everyone loves being an SLP so much that they don't even talk about like, well, they do talk about the cons, but they don't let that outweigh how much they love what they do. So I think we're really, really lucky to be in a profession. And my mom says that to me a lot too, Mm -hmm. like how lucky she feels like I am to be in a profession where everybody really loves doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, like I really haven't met an SLP who, I mean, there's a couple people who maybe decide to change, but Mm -hmm. majority of us are going to be SLPs for the Mm -hmm. longevity of it. And yeah, it's a really good place to be. Mm-hmm. I think we're really lucky. Agreed. Agreed. All right. We made it through our entire list. I feel so good about that. There's things that we said, yes, it's definitely worth it. Some things that we don't know too much yeah. about. So maybe that's something that we'll look into is benefits of yeah. state or organizations and mm-hmm. smaller ones. Or let us know if you guys have input about some of the stuff we said too. For sure. That is all we have for you guys. Right. Thanks guys. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech or on my website, speechissupersweet.com. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at kindly underscore speech or on Facebook on kindly speech. And then you can email Rachel and I, if you have any questions or concerns, we are let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thanks.